Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. I heard some good news today I want to share. Okay, give me the good news. Jen Saki. Is it Saki or Pisaki? We'll just call it. I don't her. know. Saki? I don't know. I prefer Pisaki. Jen Pisaki, who is the fiery, redheaded White House press secretary for Joe Biden, who the reporters just cower in her presence because she's so sharp and so prepared, apparently is getting a makeover by Annie Leibovitz because she's going to be getting some fantastical uh, photo shoot spread. So gross. Remember when they did that? They love themselves so much. They just love themselves so much that there there's no other industry that like rewards itself more than the media, you know, and features itself. It's gross. You know, if you do that too much, it'll go blind. But I don't know. I heard. Well, she um look, she needs. She needs a makeover, so I'm all for that. Every time I would see – she's actually – her appearance is improving since when she first took the job because I would watch her initial press briefings, and I would just, in my mind, give her a makeover, like, um, (laughs) you know, like they did in Clueless, where Cher would be like, oh, my God, project makeover. So, um, but she has gotten a little bit better, but uh, we'll see what Annie Leibovitz comes up with, I'm sure. I don't know if she'll put her, like, will she put her in, like, a diaper and, like, flowers in her hair? Because doesn't she take baby pictures, or she used to? Oh, no. I think that, are you thinking Ann Geddes, the other oh, one sorry. that has the pictures of the babies? That's, oh, my God, Julie, that is so funny. That is such <gasps> a funny mistake. Oh, okay, my gosh. Annie right. Leibovitz is actually a very famous photographer. <laughs> and then Ann Geddes is the one that takes pictures of babies in, like, swaddled up in baskets. That is right, so awesome. Defense, I just got off a plane, and I had a little too much wine last night, so I'm not exactly thinking clearly. So thank you for clearing that up. I think it's hilarious. Um <laughs> But you know what's even weirder is that I know Ann Geddes takes pictures of babies, which is like, why would, you know what I mean? I, That's yeah. also incriminating for me because that I know that, um, you know, they, she takes pictures of babies like in cornucopias and like baskets and um, yeah. So, okay, well, that's a great way to start, start off <laughs> to show how detached Julie and I are from the hip popular culture. Um we are and never so, getting an, we're never getting an Annie Leibovitz or an Ann Gettys photo shoot ever. You might get, get an Ann Gettys photo, but you're not going to get that Vanity Fair cover from Annie Leibovitz. And honestly, sure, I'm sure whatever's happening to Jen Psaki today, she's probably getting a makeover. She's going to get pictures and then she's going to go home and wash her hair and wash everything off and she's going to look the same tomorrow. So... Well, she had a rough day today because she had to field some questions about the White House cat and uh, one really overly apologetic question, tap dancing around the Fauci emails, which she just laughed off. So she had a rough. What was the cat question? What was the cat question? I know you would probably. Well, because you're a cat. You have cats. I want to know. What's the cat um, question? Wait, where is it? I just I just saw it on the Twitters. Where did it go? Um, I don't know. Something about maybe Jack doesn't like people talking about cats on Twitter, so it's memory hold. Oh no, here it is. Is there any update on the White House cat? I've been joking oh, that we're waiting for a bad news day for that to come out. I don't have any update on the cat, she says. And then they all har har har. She passes out Probably cookies. Does. You know, they give she gets. So, did she really stars. pass out cookies? No, but remember when she did. No, I don't watch those press conferences anymore. She said, oh, my mother-in-law made cookies. I've been promising you all okay. cookies. And they were like, oh, John Pisaki-ish, thank you. Was it was it treated the same way when Sarah Huckabee Sanders made a pecan pie? And then all of the media were like, that's a stock photo. That's not a real pie. You don't cook. You're a liar. Do yeah, you remember, remember that? that? It was like they had a meltdown. 
It was April Ryan, and she, like, dug up some yeah. picture of a pie, and she's like, this is a pie from Bon Appetit. She did not make this pie. And you're like, really? That <sighs> is amazing. That yeah. is amazing. So we're going to talk about some big stories today, and the first one we want to talk about is the release of Anthony Fauci's emails. But before we get into that, I want to just do a quick Liz-splaining about this Ooh, issue. Okay. I like that. I like I'm going to Liz-splain. Okay. Love so buckle up. So in case you didn't notice before Trump was elected, but you should know this now, the, bureaucra- the bureaucracy of the federal government is really a self-contained, self-perpetuating entity that takes very little, if no direction, from policymakers who are political appointees and, as we found out, from the commander-in-chief when he is issuing orders. So you have this massive bureaucracy that kind of does whatever the hell it wants. And then what they don't want is any attention brought to what they do. Because then... Some people in Congress might get a little upset and want to do some oversight and shine a spotlight on the things that they're doing. So the goal is always very risk averse, operate in secrecy, don't do anything that's going to get you attention. So because, of course, their big plan is going to be would be disrupted if there were to be some sunshine or sunlight brought brought to bear. So anything that ever leaks out of the government is intentionally so. And that everything else you can assume is supposed to be kept secret for a reason. So this is one reason why Hillary Clinton never used her actual Secretary of State official email account when she was Secretary of State and instead set up a sort of makeshift basement computer server that did not go through the federal government. And it was completely in her possession because government officials are subject to FOIA requests, which is Freedom of Information Act. And the government has to release documentation that should be seen by the public. Now, of course, some of it's redacted. But like I said, Hillary Clinton didn't want her emails to be scrutinized. And now we've gotten a dumping of, I think it's 3,000 or thousands of emails from Anthony Fauci, the um, virus celebrity, as I wrote this morning when I wrote about his emails in Morning Greatness at amgreatness.com every morning by (laughs) 7 a.m. You can read it. And so we've got a load of Anthony Fauci's emails. And it is a lot of fun. I think... The most thing I noticed the most when I was going through them, and I didn't obviously read all of them, but I went through a bunch of them, is how much time Anthony Fauci has to email people, right? Like, right. Mm-hmm. I don't you know mean, about you. I hate. Wait, I hate this, email. So, was this just, in between just studying? So excited. The, was this in between yeah. studying the data? Looking at the data and the science, the data and the science, is that when he was emailing? Is that what he was doing? <laughs> no, and, 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 and treating patients, right? I mean, people kept saying, well, he's a doctor. He's an MD. He's a doctor. So, I mean, I guess he was is a practitioner, right? So maybe he's having office hours with patients, going through data and the science. And, you know, he is really engaged with people via email and you know i personally hate that i i i avoid you know long emails i'm just like yes no or okay like that's my email that's that's (laughs) i'm not writing like hello mother hello father you know (laughs) those kinds of long emails but fauci was a prolific email emailer so Now we have a kind of an insight into not only who Fauci was talking to, which was everybody, but, you know, what he was saying. And we can kind of compare what he was saying in emails to what he was saying on all of the media shows that he was constantly on. So 
Right. What What are your thoughts, Julie? What do you What are the most What's the most interesting takeaway that you got from these Fauci emails? Um, that he is the. I I guess. I mean, obviously, we should take a little bow because we were on Fauci with a tiny handful of people from the beginning. I think if we go back to our podcast, maybe February, we kind of liked Fauci because he seemed like a straightforward guy. He wasn't this panic pusher because he really wasn't, I think, until he realized what that would mean for him to act as this sort of antidote to Trump whatever unscientific whatever however they wanted to portray him um but i think just the depths of his depravity his tight relationships with chinese health officials uh as they were emailing back and forth um just what a a blatant liar he is uh how much he grew to enjoy the spotlight. I think he sort of acted initially that he was shocked. But as we talked about, I mean, everyone has Google alerts on his name, but to, you know, he was all, all of a sudden the sex symbol and he really enjoyed that. Um, but to your point, he was spending a lot of time. If you combine the time he was giving TV interviews and, uh, preparing for his own photo shoots, not Annie Leibovitz, but who knows, maybe it was her for InStyle, I don't remember, and emailing, what exactly was he doing studying whatever data was available as the data was coming in or emerging or really looking at the policies he was promoting, the, the bullshit models that he brought to Trump to convince him to shut down the economy for another month, the Murray models and the uh, Neil Ferguson models. Like, when was he actually doing any work? Like, it's sort of what I think about Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. Like, so you guys do what around here except yeah. <laughs> communicate? So, um, and just how his, he is, uh, you know, ob- raising issues about masking, which we all knew is a joke. He admits it in an email, the lack of asymptomatic spread, that there's still no science that proves that that is a legit thing, that, of course, pre-symptomatic or symptomatic carriers are the ones who are were spreading the virus. Um, and so just is fraud the right word? No. Uh, I mean, he is corrupt. He is evil. He has destroyed countless number of lives, especially children's lives that he will never have to apologize for or help be held accountable for. Um, But look, we also have to point the finger mostly where the blame lies, and that's with President Trump. He had many opportunities to get rid of Anthony Fauci, and he refused to do it. And now we've been saddled with what appears to be a quasi Chinese asset, uh, making shoot, making all the calls from economic, not just public health, but economic calls, foreign policy, uh, education, you name it. He was the most powerful man in the country for more than a year. And Donald Trump and Mike Pence put him there. And so we, that's an important point we can't overlook. Didn't, um, I can't remember where I read this. I'm, I know I read this somewhere, where the Trump administration wanted to fire Fauci, but since he was so popular, they were, they didn't. Um, And that's kind of disgusting, but I also believe it. I do believe it because Fauci's, yeah, his, his approval ratings were sky high every, but look who formed the coronavirus task force, the president who was giving these, I just remember yelling at the TV at Mike Pence as he would stand there every night with Fauci and Burks behind him, lamenting every loss, our hearts are broken, our prayers are for the, like, I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you promoting this? Uh, and Fauci was was their front man, and they, so they kept him there. I really think after he... Um, especially after he posed for that in style uh, front cover, I think it was June, as people's Glamour. businesses are getting destroyed and schools and campuses remain closed, and he's like smiling. They should have they should have just taken the hit and, and seen this for what it was because he was working in collaboration with everyone to influence the election, which they did. 
uh, using the pandemic, of course, as you well know, justification uh, for all the mail-in ballots that ultimately led to Trump's loss. So I guess in the end, Trump sort of got what in a way he deserved because he put these people in places of power. They used it to undermine his presidency and to sabotage his election. So, you know, I know Trump sent an email out today talking about Fauci and the emails and making China pay. But, um, you know, it's too late. No, I mean, look, it's way too late. And I think um, not just the political consequences of keeping Fauci around, especially because I know that Trump was getting other information. It's not like the only people he was talking to was Fauci, you know, although it did take him a while to bring on like a Scott Atlas um, who had a, a different a different take. But, you know, Fauci was implicated in the gain of function research that was going on as well. And I think that's a big part of the cover up, like I mentioned at the top of the show is that these people do not want their activities to be put under a microscope. And funding gain-of-function research with deadly viruses Mm. is very risky. It's controversial. And there are a lot of respected scientists who think we shouldn't do it. And just in case our listeners don't know what gain-of-function research is, the Chinese and the U.S., the U.S., we had two places here in the United States that did that one's in North Carolina, one is in Texas, where we take existing viruses and we enhance them to make them even more dangerous to human beings. The principle, I guess, of doing this is if we know what it is, then we can come up with a, uh, you know, a, a vaccine or a treatment or something um, to, before it gets out of hand. Now, you know, if you're modifying it, it doesn't occur in nature, then I don't even know why it would hit to get to human beings. But, you know, I'm not a scientist, so I don't work for World Health Organization. But still, it's very dangerous. And it's so dangerous that the government cut off funding for it. And we were not supposed to be funding it anymore. And instead, Anthony Fauci and his buddy Peter Daszak of the Echo Health Alliance were getting money from the government. And then in turn, they were giving that money to do gain of function research. And some of that money went to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, or as I call it the Wuhan bat virus factory. So (laughs) that is a typical way that the government launders things because there are, there are freedom of information requests. There's, um, uh, you know, open records there. There's, theoretically supposed to be transparency in how the government works and where the funding are the, you know, the government money, which is the taxpayers money where it's going. So if you don't want to get your hands dirty, then you, you have, you basically kind of launder the money through a nonprofit like Echo Health Alliance and the head of Echo Health Alliance, Peter Daszak, who was involved in this gain of function research also coincidentally was this only scientists allowed to go to China and conduct some ridiculous investigation. And, you know, we see in these emails of Fauci, he's very concerned about people floating the gain of function research lab leak hypothesis, because where does it go back to, you know, it goes back to his agency. Mm -hmm. And again, they don't, they don't want that. And, and, and that, to me is a big deal. I know I'm sure Julie thinks it's a big deal, but I think what's um, most, most interesting about, about that is the media's interpretation of Fauci's emails are extraordinarily different than what Julie and I have just discussed (laughs) about the emails. Just a little. I, I think he doesn't come off good. You know, I think it looks kind of bad, especially when he's talking about the masks and he's telling colleagues yo you don't need a mask it really doesn't do it can't can't really keep you it doesn't protect you from the virus um it it i think he says you you it will protect other people if you have the virus but then we learn that like you're not really contagious unless you're symptomatic so you know the idea is like well you have to wear a mask because you don't know if you have the virus and it's like okay and then it then we find out well you you can't really 
transmit the virus if you're not symptomatic. So it's like, all right, in other words, if you're sick, stay away from people and stay home. Like no mask really necessary. But that's just me. You know, that's maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that. But just the hypocrisy and the chain and the differences we saw from Fauci, the media celebrity, the CNN, MSNBC celebrity, the cover boy, the cover man, if you will, Fauci. And then what we're seeing um, come out from people on the right that are that are talking about his emails, because I can't was it which idiot on I think it was MSNBC saying, oh, you can just tell what a great person you are. Um, based on your emails, you really know how good a person <laughs> so, is by their their sure. emails. When you can look at their emails, and it's just like, okay, th- they're really trying to rehabilitate him from this. There was um, Axios had a story today talking about how um, dangerous. Um, not dangerous, how traumatizing it was for Fauci when he was working on AIDS research in the 80s, you know, that because it was just so devastating, the AIDS virus. And it's like, that's an interesting timing for a story about that right now, isn't it, Axios? But, you know, so uh, I think there'll be more written about his emails. Epoch Times has a great timeline of his emails, kind of like what he was saying and then kind of what was happening in public at the same time. But I do think it's very interesting that Fauci was really concerned about the gain of function research and the funding that he still denies, by the way. He just denied it recently because Rand Paul is just skewering him in these hearings. And he is just trying to pretend that we had nothing to do with the funding the at the virus bat factory in Wuhan. And so, you know, he's going to keep denying it, but I think I think it's going to it's going to keep coming back. And overall, it just really continues to erode people's trust in public health. I just wonder if we're so divided as a country that you're either on board or not, you know, that if you just like Fauci it doesn't matter what those emails say. Well, and then his comments since, I mean, he has, of course, I think he went on Nicole Wallace and he's been on MSNBC and CNN, of course, the friendly networks who are running cover for him. But he gave an interview, I believe it was on Morning Joe today, I just saw a clip of it, where he basically is defending China once again and warning that, you know, we shouldn't be too aggressive. I think he uses the term accusatory. We shouldn't be accusatory towards China because we want them to act as a partner, a a diplomatic or however his annoying uh, accent is. Um, (laughs) But but basically saying, you know, we we have to treat the Chinese with kid gloves because we want to get to the bottom of this. Well, of course, he doesn't want to. He's already helping the Chinese and has been from the beginning cover up the origins, the likely origins now of where this virus came from. Um, And so he's still doing it to this day, while at the same time talking about how vaccines will soon be ready for 12 year olds. So I guess if you still and anyone who trusts this man uh, in any way, shape or form just needs to have their head examined and stop watching msnbc i guess yeah it's um it's going to be a wild ride because this isn't going to go anywhere and i i've made the point before that a lot of this scrutiny that we're seeing of fauci the emails released and being published by buzzfeed and the washington post is just part of the larger effort that now that it's safe for trump to be right you know it's okay and so Trump already lost. He's not going to get any Scooby snacks for being right about this for an, uh, you know, for his reelection. <clears throat> his, no, his reinstatement, Liz, he's going to be. Reinstated. Oh, I'm sorry. Robert. Oh, yeah, we should totally talk about that crazy shit. But so now it's it. Now we can talk about it, even though there was plenty of reason to listen to some of the things and take them seriously that Trump said. So, um. We can move into the Vanity Fair piece because this kind of it kind of deals with this. I know you, Julie, haven't had a chance to read it, but it is a doozy. 
Um, if you have any curiosity about what has been going on the last, you know, year and a half with this effort to find out where, how the virus came, you know, where did, where did the virus come from? Um, Vanity Fair has a very long piece today. It's super long. Um, and it is called the lab leak theory inside the fight to uncover COVID-19 origins. And I want to just encourage everyone to read it because there is a lot of good information, but I also want to tell you, it's so fucking biased like these people are just pot, they're pod people and they're irredeemable. So I just want to give you a couple of. Wait, hold um, on. So just, before you, because yeah. I'm dying to read this, I know it's like 11,000 words. I'm going to read it tonight, hopefully. So, but biased, obviously it's Vanity Fair, so it's going to be biased. But you're saying, is this, does this go along the lines that, well, we would have believed the lab theory leak if Donald Trump had, hadn't said it? Is that well, kind that's, of the gist? Yes. I mean, that is in there, right? Like, obviously, they're like, well, nobody could believe Donald Trump. And it's like, okay, fine. But your job as a journalist is to make to do investigations. You know, if you're a good journalist, you're a real professional, you don't believe anything they say in the government until you verify it yourself. I mean, that's that's the pretense of the job. It's that's not it's not even partisan. It's like if somebody tells you something, you you investigate it. So maybe they think Trump's a liar. Um, and th- in the article it does mention, well, you know, Trump is such a xenophobic racist. That's obviously why he said that the virus could have come <clears throat> from the Wuhan Viro- <clears throat> Institute of Virology. And Nobody, no journalist was like, hey, it's kind of weird that the virus came, you know, presented itself in very close proximity to the Wuhan bat factory virus, virus bat factory. You know, it's it's like nobody thought it was weird. You know, nobody thought that it's like, well, that is kind of unusual. No, I mean, they were just like, no, Trump's a racist. That's our choice. We've decided that. And. So there are a, there is a lot of bias in it. And as you read, you'll see them making crazy statements like she'll the author whose name is Catherine Ebon will say things. And that that's their cover, really, is because this is a very exhaustive um, piece with a lot of interviews and a lot of research. And it's like the cover is, well, you know, um, you know, Trump's a racist. <laughs> so of course oh. we couldn't take anything he said seriously. And, right. and, but there were people that did take it seriously and they were respected people. Um, a lot of respected people in, not even in the U S so, um, and they were out there trying to do research and get their information out there. But at the same time, there's really was an effort inside the government where you were not allowed to talk about the lab leak theory. And it wasn't so much that Trump's a racist, right? It's that they were implicated in the actual research that most likely, you know, escaped from a lab. And if that were to come out, then they were in danger of losing all of the the money associated with that. And there's a lot of money. This is why they don't like sunlight, you know? So the, the, the superficial reason is this is a lie. Trump's a racist. He can't be trusted. He makes things up. He's burned all his credibility up. But the real reason is that they just don't want the scrutiny because there are a lot of people are implicated in approving this funding. And there's, uh, there's a lot of people on the teat, right? Getting this money. I think that, um, that Health Alliance, Echo Health Alliance, you've gotten something like $15 million over the years from different agencies in the government. So, you know, it's funny that there's a point in the article where the author references an exchange that happened in April of 2020, where, and I think the word she uses is like a conspiracy theory, right-wing conspiracy theory website, Newsmax, asked the president, why the Wuhan Institute for Virology is getting $3.5 million in grants. And, but in the paragraph before she writes that, she literally talks about all the money that the Wuhan Institute of Virology is getting, you know, is getting from these 
cutouts to do their research. But it's like they're so brainwashed. They just can't accept it. And I suppose it makes sense. I mean, this is kind of a this is a huge cover up and they are basically complicit in it by refusing to take it seriously because they're protecting their buddies in the government. So the media really bears. I think I expect bureaucrats to cover their asses. You know, I expect that. I expect them to not want the public to see what they're doing and to not want the public to know where their tax dollars are going. But there is someone whose job it is to shine light on this and get transparency and investigate to get that transparency. And we just don't have that anymore. So, so Liz, what the, do you go ahead? So did this come from you? I, I mean, I haven't read this Vanity Fair. And honestly, I I never really covered the lab leak or the bat thing because I to me, regardless of where it came from at the time, the damage that was being done for the lockdowns and the school closings, whatever, that's what I was focused on. But so you've obviously done a lot of research and reading into this. What, did it come from this lab? Well, it certainly seems like it. The, one of the big problems with the investigation is it was really stopped for months because it was blocked from all these different government agencies. And it was also blocked by China. You know, I mean, the, Biden, after shutting down Trump's investigation and promising a new investigation to start, it's been a year and a half. You know, how do you really think all of this, all of the evidence is just going to be sitting there? I mean, there's a lot of evidence that there were um, information deleted, um, studies taken offline. There's there's definitely a lot of suspicion on China's side, but also are people in the and the government put a stop to 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 having talks about any gain of function research at all. So. I don't know if we'll ever know for sure. I I think it did come from a lab. I don't think it was intentionally released, but I absolutely think it was a bioengineered accident that happened because what is the likelihood that this virus would appear right next to an institute that studies and works with this virus, like right nearby, not in a couple right. of cities over, but right nearby? What is the likelihood? And this idea that I just gave, I just said, this did not cross anyone's head in the media. You know, all they were like, well, Trump's a liar. And it, and that, that was good enough for them. Not, well, it kind of does seem like a big coincidence. So there were a lot of people who were collecting information and were very worried and were raising, you know, flags about it. But there were a lot of people in government who didn't want this discussed. I think part of it was political, but I also think it was really because they were implicated. And now... Who knows if we'll who knows if we'll, we're ever going to know. But what we did learn is that, um, that we can't really trust our public health officials. <laughs> you know, if you did trust them b before Trump, <laughs> you you really have a lot of reason not to trust them now. And that's just really not good for our country, I think. <laughs> I think it extends beyond, I agree with you, I think it extends though beyond public health. I think it's the entire scientific oh, it's everything. community because oh, yeah. they were all, I mean, I know that uh, uh, Robert Redfield, CDC, former CDC director, said something, there was some comment that was on social media today saying that he was threatened by scientists. Um, oh yeah, for, there were death, he got death threats from colleagues. <laughs> No, yeah, but look, this really. is something and this is why I can always from the beginning compare this to climate science. This yeah. is exactly what the climate cabal, including scientists, including respected journals. I mean, we have to go back to the Lancet. Remember, they published that um, they had to retract the study that said H, uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine didn't work. They had to retract that. I mean, you had all these Chinese propaganda pieces in the New England Journal of Medicine. Um, and so, but anyway, in climate, so for example, Roger Pelkey Jr., he is a well-known climate scientist. He believes in man-made climate uh, change. But when he released a report that was contradictory to um, what what the group think was about hurricanes, about man-made, about anthropogenic, anthropogenic global warming causing more hurricanes. 
he had all the data that said, no, that's not the case. He not only was threatened by scientists, the Obama White House went after him, including their White House, top White House science advisor. So in that they are they have the worst case of groupthink, more so than a teacher's union, more so than Hollywood. You do not step outside what the accepted propaganda group think is in the scientific community. And that's super scary. That's something everyone should be alarmed about. But there's that's because there's a lot of money in that. You know, it's 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 partially this sort of cult like religious fervor. But I think that that's much more for the general public to digest than it is for the people that are getting all of this money. Right. If you were if someone were to come out and say, I've definitively disproven that climate change has anything to do with human behavior, how much money would that cost people? And keep in mind that the government agencies that regulate corporations, it's like a revolving door. People work for the EPA. They go back into the private sphere for a big company. Then they go back in to the EPA uh, level. All these people are constantly moving around on the same chessboard. It's a very symbiotic relationship. And a lot of these corporations and also these nonprofits, they get a lot of money and grants from the government. So there's a lot of money at stake for deviating outside the accepted mythology that keeps the taxpayer, you know, the milk flowing out of the taxpayer teat. That that's I think that's a huge part of it. And now it's just accepted and they'll ruin your life if you go in and you try and take away their big fat payday. Um, And this is, you know, again, I've done a lot of food issues and health issues. You've certainly done a lot of it. It's the same thing in every area. There's in the defense contracting business. Same thing. Pentagon private and enter- private enterprise that get defense contracts people are constantly c- cycling through and of course if you work for a federal agency and maybe you want to you know work there for 20 years get your pension and then you want to pop over into the private sector and make a lot mm-hmm. of money right, right after you've been on a- although i will say that you know the government bureaucrats do do pretty reasonable um you work 20 years you get what like 90 percent of your federal salary a bunch of benefits and and a nice pension. And then, hey, maybe you're going to go work for a big fat defense contractor and make even more money or um, a pharmaceutical company. And that's and so if you want to go work for these companies like pharma or defense or um, and one of these green energy corporations, you know, you're when you're regulating them, you're going to be really nice. You're going to make a, a good impression so that when they get your resume, <laughs> they remember you. Right. And reward you with a nice job. So you can see how this is a very sick system that really per- works only to perpetuate itself and not in the public interest. Um, it's gross. So um, we've certainly talked a lot about this. I cannot encourage listeners enough to go read this Vanity Fair article. It's, it, like I said, it's stinking biased. But there's just a ton of really interesting information that w- that was going on, including the part where for like five months, the federal government didn't know that deep inside some classified information, there were three scientists from the Wuhan Institute of Virology in November that like showed up with basically COVID in China that they didn't even they had just missed that for five months last year. Nobody, you know, it was either hush hush, nobody shared it, but they just discovered it last November that, oh, hey, all of a sudden, look what we just found out in these um, classified documents. So anyway, definitely go now. So what happens now? We know we've seen this movie how many times? I mean, Anthony Fauci, somebody compared Anthony Fauci to John. Oh, Ben Shapiro. Uh, he's like um, John Roberts. He's so devoted yep. to protecting the institution that he burns the credibility. It's like, no. Yeah, but that's no. That's not what it is. Anthony that's wrong. Fauci is Jim Comey. He's John Brennan. He's Eric Holder. He's Gina he's McCarthy. He's smelling his own armpits. I've said he's, this before. He right. is smelling his own armpits just like Comey did, just like all of these celebrities that have emerged from this 
um, big anti-Trump movement, but also the hero, right? They give themselves the hero edit, you know, bravely standing for truth and, you know, like Comey and Mueller and right. T-shirts and candles and Fauci pillows. Fauci, ouchie. Did Diggy you get your Fauci, ouchie? Have like tattoos of him on there. You know, literally. Does I'm, Gretchen I'm Whitmer just, have like a pillow of him behind oh her? God, like she does. Set? Just tell me that we don't deserve to have an asteroid just wipe out the whole planet. You know, oh. when I see things like this, it's like oh, we're me. we're just we're useless. But I don't think it's 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 not about protecting the institutions, it's about protecting your own ass and your own celebrity. Um, okay. There's no there, it's not by chance that Fauci is probably the only person that was visible in the Trump administration that's still working for Biden. Yeah, you know? that's a very not good by point. chance. And remember his first press conference he gave and they were like, oh, are you just so relieved to be away from the bad orange man? And he was like, I just, you know, I I, I can tell the truth now. I can tell. Actually, we should find that clip and just be like, really? Well, that's a change of pace. But you were but lying. I think, I, you know, no, no kidding. But I think the point is, no matter how much we want a commission, an investigation, Republicans can... I, I don't even think there's been an organized press conference with Republicans demanding more information or commission or whatever. Anthony Fauci is going to get away with every single bit of this. Not only that, like you've said, he's going to go off. He's already written a book. Uh, he'll be featured, you know, in a movie. I think he already won some million dollar prize. He'll probably get a Nobel Peace Prize. Like he will never be held accountable for what he for what he's done. So people who fantasize that that is a likely outcome, just snap out of it. It's, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, if the Republicans take the house and, or the Senate, you can expect not a damn thing to be done, um, about this. There won't be hearings. Um, nothing, nothing's going to happen. It's just, there's really nothing to do except just sit there and, and, you know, make better political choices, really, you know, make better choices about who you put into office um, at, at every level from your city, neighborhood, school board, all the way on up to the top, because this is just going to, you know, I, I will guarantee you that if the Republicans take the House back and, you know, there's no guarantee of that because the Republicans mess everything up mm-hmm. um, and you're really not. Most of them aren't really worthy, right? You know, of getting getting into office anyway. Um, but the um, Fauci will probably retire, like I think in 2022, if the Republicans take the House. To be, he's a guy's 80. I don't know why he's still right. working. Right. To be honest, I mean that in and of itself is suspicious. You know, he's 80. I don't know. It only takes like 20 years or 25 years of government service to get vested. I mean, he can cash out with a huge chunk of, you know, retire, you know, with with money and then go. Work because for- he is the highest paid federal employee. Correct. So he'll, he'll he get is. like what, 80, 90 percent of his salary every year. Probably or he's going to get three, four hundred thousand yeah. dollar pension but then he's gonna get how many companies are gonna put him i'm sure he's probably got a seat warm at the pfizer boardroom you and know. moderna boardroom and <laughs> right next to yeah, that sure god gottlieb can set him up <laughs> but but it's just you know unusual for somebody that long unless he's drunk with power and just reading the emails, you can see he just loves the groveling mm-hmm. oh dr fauci I don't know what to do. I'm traveling. What do you suggest about a mask? I don't know what to tell my other staff, you know, and he just, he, he's a, he has a hard on, you know, he's got a hard on when he's answering emails like that. And those are what his emails were like. Oh, great man. That's right. Help me, help us. Hold me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're our only hope. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, know, That's another thing that I just always found so galling, even recently when an idiot like Savannah or Savannah or Savannah, however you say your name, Guthrie, is asking Fauci what to do with her four or six year old daughter about camp and masks. And instead of Fauci looking at 
a mother and saying, why are you asking me? You're a grown woman, a professional who's raising two children. Do whatever you want with your kid. Why are you asking me? He actually would go on these long monologues about how Savannah should mask her daughter when she gets off the bus or why she's going to have to wear a mask to her, you know, $15,000 a season summer camp. It it just his arrogance. And this is the same thing with like a Comey, a Brennan, a Peter Strzok, a Lois Lerner go through the list of these just horrible unelected government apparatchiks who have done this to incalculable damage to the country or to individual people, they don't have a shred of remorse about it. Uh, In fact, you could see Fauci is just indignant this week that anyone would question his integrity or his motives or his expertise or his reliance on the data or it just, uh, you know, he's taking great umbrage to this. Um, And so I guess, Liz, the only takeaway, hopefully, is that we never should listen to these people again. We should defy every order if it ever is to happen again. Defy these people outright, whether it's in your school district, your neighborhood, your playground, um, your business, certainly. These people just absolutely cannot be trusted. They have really evil ulterior motives. They are poisoned, poisonous people. Uh, who we should just never trust or listen to again. Yep, I agree. And that's unfortunate because the next time there's a crisis, um, people aren't going to people aren't going to believe what they're told. And you can see that by the way that these accusations of like conspiracy theories, because remember, this was a conspiracy theory until Biden won the election. Then all of a sudden, it wasn't a conspiracy theory. People were prevented from from talking about it, from putting it on social media. They were called racist because obviously if you thought that the virus leaked from a lab, that's a racist thing to think. What? how does that even make sense? It makes no sense. But, you know, it's very powerful. So, you know, I just worry about the next, you know, the next crisis of at any level the government just has no credibility and and conversely the government and their apologists like the media and the industry that the government supports that orbit it they just basically unperson people who don't hop on board you know and call them conspiracy theorists crazy racists you know prevent them from speaking out so well, Very and look, sad. our Justice Department, our intelligence community, our Defense Department, Department of Homeland Security, they are not really worried about not just China's influence, what they're trying to do here with this possibly manufactured virus and these Uh, evil little gremlins like Anthony Fauci, because they are very, very busy tracking down wrong thinkers who trespassed at the Capitol, who went inside and took selfies and left. And so they can't be bothered with the real crimes because they are going after what Joe Biden called this week a greater threat than ISIS and Al Qaeda, which are white supremacist code for Trump supporters or really anyone on the right. So of course they can't be, can't be troubled, can't be bothered. Well, what a sticky wicket, (laughs) I guess, as the British say. So I do, we will talk just a little bit before we finish up here on January 6th and the DOJ FBI is arrested for more people Connected to the so-called Oath Keepers, um, who are, for the most part, veterans and ex-law enforcement officials. Who So when you hear Joe Biden or Merrick Garland or Chris Ray talk about white supremacists or domestic violent extremists, the, this is the sort of group that they're talking about. Uh, they're the furthest thing from, in fact, some of them are really just like sad cases, um, but they've arrested, including Thursday, another Oath Keeper, which brings the total case load uh, case defendants in the Oath Keepers case to 16 defendants. Uh, they face a variety of 13 counts, including a conspiracy, 
which is a total joke, Liz, because the conspiracy um, revolved around talking on various social media or private messaging accounts about going to the Capitol together and what they were going to wear and what kind of little badges they were going to have and whether they were going to wear goggles or not. And this is what the Justice Department uh, is is fixated on and spending God knows how much money, human resources, investigative techniques, confidential sources, informants, et cetera, to make sure that some random dude from Arkansas pays a dear price for daring to oppose Joe Biden's election. Well, you've got to um, set you got to set the 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 standard for, you know, if you color outside the lines. Right. Um, And so there needs to be people. There needs to be examples made um, of people, which is interesting because this is like the only area in which there are examples made. You know, we're we're Mm -hmm. every day we are exposed to just a carnival of crime that's happening uh, by repeat offenders of violent crime. You know, I'm I'm not a fan of putting everybody in jail, especially for things that aren't violent. Um, but, you know, if you are violent, you probably should be taken out of polite society. Um, you know, but uh, la- I think it was last week there was a video of a Asian woman who a older woman in New York who just uh, of her just getting absolutely cold cocked mm. by and knocked to the ground by somebody who had been arrested like 17 times and they did don't he have, have bail. Did he have a MAGA hat on? Was he wearing a he, MAGA hat? You know what? He had like yellow hair. You could see it and like orangish colored skin and a red hat. Yeah. So, um, and it was, dude, it was, I'm sorry, it was a black guy and he'd been released 17 times and mm. he's violent. These people are not locked up. And yet some of these, people that are still in solitary confinement or or, or in pre-trial detention they don't have any violent history and they're basically charged with trespassing it's really right. it's really if you're intellectually honest you know this is unfair but that's a big if uh, yeah i mean it is what's funny is you saw which i made me laugh is seeing Russian officials and now the Chinese government speak out about the U.S. government's treatment of the January 6th defendants. And it's you hate to laugh because obviously you're talking about, especially in the case of China, you know, well-known human rights violators, political persecution, et cetera. Um, but you still can't erase the fact that that's happening. So if you tell someone off the street, hey, China is rounding up, beating down the doors of people opposed to the president and uh, raiding their homes, dragging them off to a prison specifically housed for opponents of the president or specifically used to house Um, opponents of the president, keeping them in solitary confinement, refusing to let them talk to lawyers or the media, keeping them away from their family, charging them with made up crimes. Then they will go to a judge and the judge basically acts as the judge and jury convicting these people without even a trial. Um, while the state run media is runs one, uh, you know, smear story after another, if you told your random person off the street that's happening in China, what would they say? Yeah, they'd be horrified. That's awful. We should speak up against that. But never mind that it's happening right here because that is exactly what's happening with the exception of a few people who are charged with violent crimes. We're talking about people who didn't do anything wrong. Even if they did, that's not how our system of justice is supposed to work. You're not supposed to be held for months on end while the lawyers and while the government asks for one 60-day continuance after another, the judge continues to allow it, keeping video evidence under seal, under protective order, 
even video that should be in the public domain to show this deadly, horrific insurrection lying in court documents, which is one thing I caught again today. Uh, the acting U.S. attorney um, for D.C., which is handling every single case, said in a March filing in a pretrial uh, detention uh, uh, motion that one law in, that one police officer was killed because of the events of January 6th, a flat out lie. I mean, these are things I know this happens. It's nothing new. Prosecutors lie. Judges are on the side of sometimes of the prosecutors or the government or whoever their political pal is. Like this isn't the first time it's ever happened, but I think in this magnitude, this scale, um, I certainly can't think of any other examples. Well, it's very brazen. Um, I think that that's part of it. Usually this stuff is not really public, but it's intentionally public because, again, it's like a warning shot, you know, Um, like if you want to show up and wave an American flag or maybe you think that there was some improprieties on the election. These are all theoretically um, First Amendment activities. You know, if you wanted to hold a rally and say that the earth is flat, that's you can do that. You know, there's not illegal to believe whatever you want to believe, you know. Um, but I think that the, because we're they're sending a message to people not to, quote, get out of line. You know, that it, it is so brazen in public. And also, th- these victims, they have no recourse. They don't have fancy law firms behind them. They don't have a well-oiled machine like the left does, where they raise $30 million to spring people out after they were arrested for rioting and looting in different cities around the country. They don't have lawyers there. They don't have lawyers watching everything that goes on at their event so that they can object and Uh, get the law enforcement in trouble. So, you know, they can do this. They can do this because there's no pushback or consequence for doing it. Yeah. Just well, and I do see that's a sad thing. You know, Trump announced he's I think he's going to have a rail his first rally. Is it the summer? Is it July? Who would go? No, seriously, I hate to be a downer. Like, I don't go. I've never been to a Trump rally. No, I'm never going to a Trump rally. And I'm saying that for the our federal friends who are probably listening to this <laughs> monitoring the podcast. Um, I will. I'm not going to go. I don't do that stuff. I didn't go to January 6th, even though, it, you know, I live in the area in the greater D.C. area. I didn't go. I wasn't going to ever go. I'm not going to go to any kind of event. But honestly, who in their right mind would go? You know, yeah, like who would go? Will. People will go. You know, they'll go. Well, that is stupid. Because I would advise people not to go. I'm sorry. But, you know, look at the people that that are right now wrapped up in this dragnet right now. They have public defenders who, you know, those people are overworked and probably most lawyers hate people on the right anyway. And they hate Donald Trump. So they're not bringing their A game, I guess you might say. Um, They're not people that are familiar with the legal system. They don't know how to maneuver in it. These are local yokel people. They're just regular, normal, you know, kind of everyday small town Americans. All they need is a pretense to get you. And then you get the Flynn treatment where next thing you know, you have some weird federal charge that said you lied to the FBI where lied is really super subjective. So I don't know. I personally would tell people not to go and also don't take your phone with you. If you do go get another phone that you buy with cash and, and also remove, don't delete everything. Yeah. Wear a mask have on social media because Facebook and Google and um, Facebook especially is working hand in hand with the feds, yeah. forking over, Can't not fighting anything. one subpoena, forking over any information that they need. There was just another case posted today on that. So if you do go, yeah, just don't post please, anything. Go off the grid. Also wear a mask or a face mask because you want to be a conscientious citizen um, and not, you know, for health, public health reasons. You want to wear your virus mask, maybe a couple, possibly a Goggle. large Goggles, um, a large, like a wide brimmed cowboy hat or something. Um, that's not red, not a red hat. Um, and you know, you want to leave your car and your phone at home. Yeah. And your mom, um, and you want to, uh, 
You want to stay and you want to dunk your fingertips in acid to burn off your fingerprints. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've watched too many, too many true crime stories on Discovery Channel, which is what I watch to sort of unwind <laughs> from a day of politics. Is I watch That's like right. we the talked about homicide, that. you know, swamp murders or you know. <laughs> killer families where there's like matricide and patricide and stuff. And that's just like, a, it's kind of how I loosen up after a day of politics, but you know, so go ahead. I'm sorry. I totally interrupted. You were saying Trump's going to hold an, I, I heard that he's going to hold some rallies now. You, well, so. yeah. So I, apparently he's going to hold a rally and this could be his what pre reinstatement rally because according to Maggie no. Haberman and Charlie Cook at National Review, so you know if it comes from those two, it's true. Trump really believes that somehow he is going to be reinstated as president, which part of me believes that he would say that, but then the other part is like, no, some fabricated First ridiculous. of all, let me Liz explain this to you. <laughs> you. No our audience, not Julie, but just our audience okay first of all it's been five years and these idiots in the media do not know that they're being trolled right trump says shit like this so that they write up have a meltdown once more expose their fragility but also i know people who've met with trump since he left office not me um but i know good close friends more than one and they said that they never heard anything about this from him about how he's just like whatever polishing his shoes and you know <laughs> getting ready for the big day <laughs> not a thing so <laughs> i don't know i don't i i don't i don't believe this i think you can talk to these sort of political media celebrities like haberman acosta potato boy uh what's his name brian stelter the potato Hater. Um, Hater. You could call them up and tell them anything crazy about Donald Trump and they'll believe it because they have such a broken common sense compass. They can't even say, OK, that's kind of crazy. That's crazy. Right. You know, they can't right. say it. So whatever, um, you know, we'll be there'll be a lot of shows between now and August when Trump returns to, to the return of the king. <laughs> back to dc um or whatever i hope did she name Come a on, date now, like let's, when, just, let's entertain that for a second though let's just pretend that that actually could happen we know that it won't but how freaking hilarious is there a date you know what i mean like is there a date that we could rally around you know what i mean like we can do a countdown like 83 more days until Trump is back in office or, you know, we could just really play into it, you know, like a countdown. And also you can make fake plans like parties. We could say everybody can have like a block party, have a MAGA block party for the president, the new the new first day of the second term or just we could just you could just play with it. So crazy. Wait, was you know, there, also, Liz, there was already a day in March because I remember us laughing about it back yeah, then. Yeah, right. There was something right, in March. Like, QAnon. QAnon, QAnon said that like March first or something was the real election day. That's um, but you know what would be even funnier, Julie, if we could get like a date. I didn't read what Maggie Harriman said. But if we could get a date, it'd be fun for just a bunch of us on Twitter to just talk, like to tweet about different cabinet appointments he should make, like it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> who do you think Trump should put in energy? You know, like, like just as if it's really going to happen. Just keep going with it. Just be like, I don't know. You know, we've got to need someone really strong at the EPA and just start pretending like this is a real thing that's going to happen. I think it would drive them off the bend. You know. Oh, God. Meanwhile, would... no, I don't think this is going to happen. And I don't think Trump believes it's going to happen. That's seriously. Well, no. I'm sorry. Charlie Cook, Charles Cook says so. Nash Review, Maggie Haverman is right. Because, of course, don't ever forget what those people at Nash Review and the Bulwark and Dispatch want more than anything is truth is truly to have approval from the enemies uh, on our enemies on the left. That's really what they want most. So there he was 
you know, flirting with Maggie over Twitter on uh, from his National Review post. Right. Gross. I wonder, did Charles say he talked to Trump? I can't imagine Trump, like, taking a call from Charles. Oh, but I'm maybe sure. maybe I'm wrong. I don't I'm sure. No. Okay. Well, great. So um, we'll now start our countdown to the new inauguration of Trump in the new January 20th of August. Reinstatement day. The new, yeah, the return, like I said, the return of the king, the great return. Um, So join us next week while while we make more preparations (laughs) for the parades. We're going to talk about, you know, what kind of displays fireworks we um, need celebrities you know what we are you gonna wear julie what well celebrities I mean, who's gonna sing we'll answer those questions because from now on until that day in august <laughs> we're gonna be planning out you know you know, the next, you know we, uh, need a, we need a new bag we each need a new chanel bag i mean that will be our excuse what will we wear it's tough that's a tough one. Well, we have some time to figure it out. New purses, shoes. Also, um, you know, I want to get good seats. Like the scaffolding is down, right? I mean, it survived the insurrection. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for this big event. That's Something to look happen. forward to, finally. okay all right thank you so much for listening don't forget to subscribe to itunes our itunes channel which is happy hour with julie and liz we will again as as always we're gonna be back next week and stay tuned and have a great weekend thanks thanks for listening to happy hour with julie and liz we'll see you next week bye